Hi, JP. Hey, what's going on, man? Not much. All right. So, first episode, Savants and Savages, um, talking about habits or building building good habits for your life. Um, my channel or this podcast, Savants and Savages, um, is really just a culmination of kind of my experiences in life um, have led me, you know, the, just the struggle with making quality decisions versus poor decisions in my life have led me to this point um, where, you know, I see myself as uh, someone who's looking to motivate other people. Um, about the channel itself, Savants and Savages, uh, the reason why I chose that as a name, you know, Savant, uh, if you don't know, but it, it's just an intellectual thinker or a philosopher of some kind. Uh, basically someone who's wise or learned. And I think every single one of us has learned from some mistakes in their life, you know, so you will have wisdom in certain um, um, scenarios versus others. So I think everyone has uh, a bit of that inside of them. Um, and then the savages is, you know, just, just really, you know, uncontrolled or violent side of, side of, you know, life, and I feel like people have this constant battle between good and evil, um, you know, just like a Jekyll and Hyde, so to speak, and that's kind of how life is. You're kind of going through and trying to make the right decisions and trying not to make um, very many poor ones, so that's kind of what led me to that um, name, and basically this channel is just here to motivate other people um, through my experiences and my guests' experiences, and hopefully be able to provide a bit of insight on maybe a current situation that you're going through and maybe just learning that there are ways out of it and there's, there's solutions to, to problems out there. So I found a, a real deep passion for that. My background is in sales uh, and marketing. I've been doing that for about a decade now. Um, and, uh, you know, I've held various positions, but the, the one thing that remains a constant is, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I like being around people. I like talking to people. And I've noticed kind of inadvertently that the experiences that I've gone through in my life have helped, you know, uh, other people go through either similar situations or, or help them avoid certain situations. And that's kind of been a light bulb that kind of struck a nerve with me the last couple of months is that I do have leadership skills and I do like to motivate other people to do the right thing or to, to um, look at things different. So that's kind of what led me to this. Um, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. I was raised on the city's south side. I come from a, you know, a, divorced, a divorced parenthood um, at a very early age, you know, from uh, living uh, on both sides of the spectrum, being, you know, quote-unquote wealthy with my dad who have who had a nice house and a white picket fence and a large yard to living with my mother who was on the lower side of the poverty level in a very small apartment in a very rough neighborhood with you know a lot of different temptations around so I was able to kind of see what life was like at an early age for a lot of people some people live in one you know setting their entire life and they're not exposed to all the different environments so I was, I kind of feel blessed that I was able to see both sides and um, really, 
the one thing that I noticed is that there's good people uh, and bad people in all walks of life. And really, it comes down to the choices that they make. So um, with that said, um, this episode is about creating good habits or, or trying to uh, create a, a positive um, mental state for your day-to-day activities. Um, today's guest is, uh, is a good friend of mine and an ex-colleague, Mr. Thomas Garman. How are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on. No problem. No problem. So um, for the listener, um, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background. Well, my background is that I'm an Oxford-educated mathematical logician, and most people don't know what that means, but basically I studied logic and mathematics, and uh, throughout my life I've done various types of technical jobs, mostly revolving around computer programming. And so superficially, I think I was, uh, as you know, outward appearances, I think I did pretty well uh, in school and work. But uh, the main thing that's punctuated my life is I've had several episodes of major depression and the symptoms that go along with that, like isolation and loneliness and all that. And uh, as a result of those uh, symptomatic periods, I've gone to therapy, I've taken medication, lots of different approaches to try to treat it and deal with it. But the main thing I have learned over the last few years is uh, that I have to be more deliberate about my thinking and about my routines. I can't just wake up in the morning and wander off into the world and do whatever comes up. I have to actually uh, take control of my days through various routines and uh, take a more deliberate approach to managing how I think, managing what I think about. And, uh, and I think uh, that sort of uh, narrative is related directly to your habits topic. So yeah, um, I'm interested to get into it. Well, yeah, and I know that you mentioned um, some of the other conversations that Cognitive behavior therapy, is that kind of what you've been? Yeah, that is the main thing that I've learned. I think that most people, when they have depression or any kind of setback in life that brings them into contact with doctors or uh, therapists, I think most people will start off with medication. And I certainly did that. You know, I took all kinds of antidepressants. And uh, they were more or less effective. But over the last few years, I managed to be involved with different therapists who taught me what they call cognitive behavioral therapy. And on the very, at the very highest level of explaining what that is, cognitive behavioral therapy is a very disciplined approach to managing your thinking patterns. So uh, a big problem, not just when you're depressed, but I think a lot of people who are going through life transitions and uh, difficult times in their lives you know, you'll, you find, I found that I would just ruminate about negative thoughts all the time. And, uh, and when you, when you're not aware of the idea that you have to be very deliberate about how you think, uh, you just follow your thoughts. You just sit there thinking about negative things like, oh, my life is terrible, all that sort of stuff. So what I learned, uh, through cognitive behavioral therapy is a set of techniques that revolve around, uh, habits about how you manage your thoughts. So 
uh, it, you know, it's a whole area. I'm sure if you have guests listening, they can Google it. But yeah. uh, the main, the main thing is to uh, be very, to be, to try to be more aware of how you're thinking and how those thoughts are impacting your behavior. And, and a good therapist can show you uh, very disciplined techniques that once you start to apply them, uh, you realize like, oh, I'm having a negative thought. Do I want to keep thinking about this? No, I don't. And, and it sets you up to, to change how you think, or at least to not uh, indulge the negativity so much. Gotcha. Yeah, and I've actually seen that change in you. Um, we've known each other several years now. Um, for the listener, uh, me and Thomas used to work together um, in different departments at a company. Um, but really, um, just just seeing the, the progression and the change that, you know, going from someone who would react instantly to a situation to someone who sits back and thinks about it a little more, you know, like I said, cognitively and understanding the choices that you make. And you've been assisting me as I kind of go through a transition in my life. Um, which is which has been helpful. I think the one thing that stood out the most is when you said um, being able to envision and see the future self, um, and and being able to make the right decisions for that person as if they were really existing in in now's time, right? Oh yeah, that I mean that's one of the different kinds of techniques you can learn to uh, give yourself a different conception of how your thoughts are impacting you. Like the, the one thing that's true of you and me, which I think is why we became friends is we're both the kind of guys that will swing for the fences with like, you know, big ambitions or big ideas. And that sort of personality trait can be very beneficial when you're, when you're in the right situation, you know, like really putting yourself out there and trying to accomplish big things, but it can also lead to, uh, negative consequences where you have just really crushing defeats, you know, and, uh, and independently of some way of managing that kind of personality type where, you know, I'll think big thoughts, I'll try big things and I'll fail miserably independently of some framework that allows you to conceptualize that in a positive way. Uh, you're just going to kind of, devolve into like the more defeats you experience or the more big things you try and don't succeed at that's just going to over time uh weigh you down and the thing about the future self uh idea is it's a kind of visualization technique where you imagine the best version of yourself and you try to think of uh how your current behaviors are helping that person almost as if they're a friend. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, that, that kind of like leads me to the whole um, believing in yourself, right? Like believing in your choices and believing that you can do things. And, you know, you had mentioned previously that um, getting yourself into a routine, right? So yeah. I think, like you said, there, there's, there's some positives and negatives to, to having that sort of personality to where, you dream big, um, but sometimes you can you can fail big too, which yeah. in some cases isn't a bad thing because through your experiences, you're learning and you're ever evolving. But just like riding a bicycle or 
or picking up anything that is that is new, you, you know, you're going to struggle with it at first. Sometimes it comes naturally for people. Other people, it doesn't come so naturally, and you're going to fall down. Um, but the difference between people who are successful and not successful are the ones that keep getting back up and learning new things and, and new techniques. And I've been really um, interested, just like you have, with just people who are successful in business or um, just in life in general, and they're sort of their um, – you know, things that they do um, on a regular basis, like, you know, what are their routines, what are their habits, and, um, you know, it really, to, to change, to become change, really it starts at a, at a very uh, small level, really, um, so for me, it's about small successes and small wins, right, being able to accomplish certain things that will build your confidence to go on and carry on to the next thing and the next thing, and, um, the whole transition between, you know, the relationships to, to work and all that good stuff. I mean, all these large changes that can happen in your life, they really start with, I think, and you can agree to disagree here, but I think it starts with your routine, right? It starts with how you wake up in the morning. It's how you go to bed at night. And that can really be the blueprint for a successful day. Or it could be a catastrophic day. What's your take on that? Well, absolutely. The I mean, when you just as you were saying that, I I realized that the point that I would make about the whole future self and being deliberate about your thoughts that ties directly into this is if you know if you and me had something planned for tomorrow and I knew it impacted you and it was important to you, I would do everything I could to make it successful. Like. I'm really able to conceptualize your needs and what you need to accomplish and help you do that. But for myself, I've never really been able to formulate a, I've just never taken care of myself. Like I will take care of you and help you, but I don't apply that same kind of care to myself. And that's the power of learning the visualization techniques about your future self and and acting in ways that benefit your future self as if you're a friend to that person. It made it possible for me to uh, take an interest in taking care of myself in a way that I never did before. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that goes, that ties into the idea of the routines. Like when uh, I think a lot of people have this problem that, okay, I would like to do 20 push-ups every morning, or I'd like to do, you know, exercise, but they're not able to integrate those activities into routines in the morning, say, because it doesn't impact anything they really care about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like lots of people have the general idea that they would like to lose weight or lift weights or something. But if you're not able to conceptualize those activities in a way that benefits someone you care about, then you're never going to be successful with developing these habits. So it, for me, it had to start with developing an idea, a very concrete, real idea of a person I was doing these things for uh, to help them. And that person is the best version of myself in the future, my future self. Right. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of people out there that can agree with that. Uh, I talk to so many people that do so many things for other people and they're not taking care of the one person that matters most and, that, and that's themselves. And 
Uh, I've been victim to that. I mean, you're telling me that you have, and I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate to that. Um, yeah, I mentioned that in the context of developing habits because, you know, everybody, it's not a theoretical uh, issue. You're not trying to have an idea of what would be good for you. Uh, you're really trying to behave in ways that are good for you. And for me, the only way to get started with doing that was to uh, learn that I'm trying to help someone that I really care about. And once I was able to see that, you know, that person's myself uh, in, in real terms to really see that these uh, morning routines, these behaviors, these ways of managing my thoughts are benefiting someone I care about, then I was able to make the, the habits stick. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, I, I think um, getting into the, the whole habit thing for, for me personally, um, as I was saying, is, you know, uh, small successes, right? So I think one thing, one area that I was struggling in was, you know, waking up and being tired and groggy in the morning, needing coffee and not really getting my gears churning until I was already, you know, two or three hours into my day, which isn't really productive, especially if you're in a fast paced environment. And, you know, not everyone that's listening is going to be in sales or going to be in, in technology. But, you know, I think it can apply for a lot of people that getting, getting the right amount of rest for your body, um, that that's, starts with how you are going to behave throughout the day. So, well, yeah, if I can break in on that point that, you know, there's when you're really young, like you, there's just this luxury about your days where you can just like what you said, just wake up and wander into your day two or three hours into it. You're still trying to figure out what am I going to do today? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, that's a huge luxury that you have when you're young and in my case, like having experienced depression for long periods of time, uh, that's the luxury you lose. You, the, you can't just wander into your day and see what happens. You have to be very deliberate about it and you have to have structure that you are managing your It's structure that you provide. Right. Um, so in, in like, you know, kind of going on to that point, right. The structure that you provide, for me, um, it's, you know, like you're, you're right. As you get older, you know, the, the hangovers last a little longer, the, the, you know, the diet, you can't just eat whatever you want. Your metabolism slows down, your energy levels go down, especially if you're dealing with things like anxiety and stress and depression. And a lot of that stuff can be weight on your shoulders. Um, and then doing things like making your bed or doing the dishes and, you know, having clean clothes and laundry. I mean, a lot of those things can be difficult. I think some of those core things, though, are really important to your success as you continue to grow in life. For me, like a bachelor, you know, I was a bachelor for so many years. You know, I'd, I'd use every single dish until there was a pile. You know, I'd wear every single piece of clothing until I had to do laundry and I'm, you know, I'm grabbing 10 different loads all at once. You know, I never made my bed and I kind of like lived all discombobulated and out of sorts. Was I successful? Did I make money? Sure. But think about, 
you know, the quality of life that you live, right? It's really hard for somebody to provide advice for other people when your own situation isn't as, um, you know, as good as you, you know, practicing what you preach sort of a thing, right? Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the savages aspect of your savants and savages podcast. I mean, when what you're describing, uh, you know, you just wake up, put on whatever clean clothes you have, even if you maybe don't even have any clean clothes because you've been, you know, not really taking care of things for weeks on end. And to outward superficial appearances, you look perfectly successful. But internally, you know that your life is just kind of spinning in the void like everything is discombobulated and yeah yeah that that point about making your bed is a funny one because i was the same way i never whoever makes their bed just get up and put on your clothes and go do whatever but uh over the last few years i've really learned how important it is to start my day with a very structured set of activities and now i always make my bed and i like to do it yeah and that was the same thing for me. And it's funny because, like, I know some people in the military, that's, like, in boot camp, that's, like, the first thing they teach you. Like, they wake you up at the ass crack of dawn at, like, 4.30 in the morning, screaming at you, trumpets blazing, and they, like, make you make your bed under these high-stress conditions. And really, it's to prepare you for, for life because it is stressful and there's so many different things. But if you can get up and do this one task, this one simple thing, you've achieved doing something that was seemingly – difficult for you to do right you get up you eh, whatever you put your clothes on and then you go about your day but when you wake up and you make your bed and you're organized now now you're it's so funny your room can kind of be in shambles but if your bed is made it makes you feel good right and then it makes you want to clean your room it makes you want to pick up the stuff that's on the floor and you know grab that one cup that's been sitting in there for you know god knows how long Oh, yeah. It's like when you say boot camp waking you up at 430 in the morning and it's, you know, the stress of all that, like that is what it's like to wake up with depression or uh, all kinds of problems that, that develop as you grow up, quote unquote, is, you know, you wake up when I would wake up in the morning when I was really having symptoms of depression. I mean, the very first thought that would pop into my head waking waking up would be it's all just so pointless you know and it's that same kind of stress where you're just already the moment you wake up giving up on everything or defeated by everything and to overcome that you have to start off with something simple that you can do like try to make your bed (laughs) and as you as you develop more uh, routines like that in the morning that, you know, that whole idea of habit stacking that I mentioned to you all the time, you know, you start off with something simple that you can do. And that will always be something like make your bed or do the dishes after you eat breakfast. And you put all of those habits together in a morning. And next thing you know, when you were before waking up already with these defeated thoughts and feeling bad, uh, it changes because uh, now, instead of just waking up and wandering into your day and seeing what happens, now I have a specific set of things that I do in the morning as I get ready to go to work. And already, by the time I'm three hours into my day, I've had a hundred little wins. You know, I've made my bed, I ate breakfast, I washed the dishes, and I just feel good. Right. You know? Absolutely. Um, you know, small wins, that's, uh, that's another thing. 
Um, that's another point. Um, I think for me too, like I had to be disciplined in like my approach to bed because I would be so off the wall. Like my sleep schedule was so like erratic, you know, and we're talking about a guy who would go out during the week, you know, I I do happy hours and I'm not a guy who can, who can say no to, to, you know, just two or three drinks, you know, I had to have five, six or seven, um, and my sleep schedule was just like kind of like all off the charts. Um, I noticed over the last year or so that like if you're an adult, right, if you're over the age of 18, you know, like how much rest you should be getting. You know, some people, they recommend getting eight hours. I mean, some people say, oh, I only get four hours, five hours. I think for everyone's different. So whatever your like happy medium is for me it's five like five and six hours like if i get any more than that i just wake up automatically and if i like i have to like almost force myself back to bed if it's like too early and then i get too much sleep and then i'm groggy and then i need coffee not saying that coffee is bad but like there's there's some days where i just get up and i've had that five hours of rest and i'm like ready to go um well, that's the, I mean, for me, that gets back to the point about having a conception of your future self that you really care about. Because, like, if you and me were hanging out, I would feel bad if I made you stay up all night drinking and only let you get an hour and a half of sleep because I care about you. I would not make you do that. But I would do that to myself all the time. Yeah. You know, like, I, something I would never do to you, like force you to get no sleep and try to be productive the next day. I would do that to myself routinely. And that, I mean, that's why I get back to, or that's why I always get back to the point of, uh, you gotta, there has to be someone you really care about that you're willing to start to make these changes for. And, you know, it's different for everybody. I mean, when I say for myself, the problem was that, the future self concept didn't have any real salience. Uh, you know, it, it could be different for other people. It could be like you have a girlfriend that you really want to do well for. But for me, the thing that, that ultimately was mostly medi- uh, motivating was realizing this version of who I want to be in the future, seeing that person as a friend, and then trying to do things that are beneficial for that person, which is myself, you know? Right. So... Yeah, it's, uh, I just thought it was funny, you know, because everything you were describing, I would never force you to wear dirty clothes to work and stay up all night, but I would do that to myself all the time. Exactly. And I think a lot of people <laughs> do that too, and it, sometimes it's a tough pill to swallow. Another tough thing. Well, yeah, because it gets down to the point of, do you really care about yourself? And even though everyone will answer that yes, in their actual behavior, you see that they don't. And that leads me to a very interesting topic um, and one that I think is going to be different for a lot of people, but I think is a, a lot of people struggle with this. And we're talking about routines. We're talking about um, the perception of how you go into your day. Um, for me, and this is just personal, but I would wake up and I'd roll over. I'd shut my phone, my alarm off. And then the first thing I would do 
was like, look at my Facebook account or look at my Twitter account or, you know, I'd be on social media before my brain even like started working. Right. Absolutely. And like, I, I ask people, I'm like, you know, why don't you watch the news? Oh, cause it's all bad news. Right. It's all, I don't want to see about war and crime and all this crap. Because it's negative, right? It's negative. It doesn't make you feel good. But at the same time, social media has become a place where we get informed about different things. And in some cases, it's negative thoughts, right? You might see a a Donald Trump tweet that is ridiculous, or you might see a new allegation for this or that. And it's for me cutting that out of my life. And just simply by turning off my notifications, right? Like, cause I would look at my phone and if I had the little red circle with like five, like a five in it, I'm like, Ooh, there's people that are liking my stuff or this or that. And I, I'd click on it and, you know, sometimes I'd be let down cause it wasn't, it was just notifying me of five other people's birthdays, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So like, what's your take on. Well, that that gets me back to the point uh, we brought up earlier about being deliberate about my thinking, like what you're describing with the waking up and doing the social media stuff. I mean, I I did that, too. And that it it gets back or it's related to that idea that you can just wander into your day without really any plans and it will all work out fine. Uh, The social media thing is, you know, you you just think, okay, there's a notification. I'm going to open this app. And you just have a, a sort of optimism that whatever that notification about is about, it's going to be positive. And that, that sort of luxury of just being able to wander through your day and do whatever comes up, that's what I have lost. I've lost that luxury. I can't just open Facebook and assume that everything I see in there is going to make me happy. I have to be deliberate about it and say, do I really want to look at this right now? Right. And, and the answer has more and more, like what you're saying, become no. I don't, I don't use uh, social media on my phone at all anymore uh, because of that point you were making about the notifications. And it's just, it, I have to, in order to be productive and happy, I have to have a much more deliberate stance towards my thinking and my behavior i have to i have to pause and say to myself is this activity first thing in the morning going to be beneficial to me for the rest of the day and when it comes to waking up and looking at social media the answer to that is no it's not going to be productive so what do i do instead i mean that's the thing you have to have some alternative and now it's like what you're saying when you first wake up why not just make your bed instead of looking at social media Exactly. So like, yeah. my, my, my routines, um, have been get up, you know, like I said, I get my rest. So for, for, for the listeners out there, you know, find whatever your happy medium is. Um, there's, there's apps that you can use. Like I use something for my iPhone. It's a bedtime app. It just lets me know an hour before the time that I normally want to go to sleep. Hey, it's time to go to bed, you know? And like, sometimes I'll get lost and I'll be on the computer or I'll be on YouTube just for hours, you know? So um, just kind of setting a reminder for yourself and as trivial as that may sound, it, it, it'll help. At least it's helping me out and maybe it'll help other people just to kind of get on track with getting the right amount of rest, you know? And something about waking up before the sun rises, I don't know if you do that, but I like waking up because I feel like I'm the first person awake. 
and then it just gives me like the sense of like calm like i get to i get a chance to just you know make my bed i get to sit back i get to drink coffee you know whatever listen to some listen to some music something about my approach to my days like that versus getting up you know with 20 minutes to spare getting dressed rapidly rushing into work um you know not making my bed you know it just it has an adverse effect on on me so being able to kind of prioritize that the night before i should be able to get to bed at a certain reasonable hour um go to bed get my rest wake up and then kind of go into the routine right so it's, it's a list that i have and i don't know how you and i'd like to know a little bit about how you do it but for me i'm a visual person i like seeing things so i've made a list you know of of what i want to get done i don't do it on a monthly basis because i feel like that's too much time i do it on a weekly basis so what what, what are some things that i want to accomplish during the week that aren't you know solving world hunger um so like you know um right now i'm dealing with some tax issues um, so, you know, I've got to deal with my W-2 and all the different crap like that. So I put that on my list, like making my bed is number one on my list. And I put my list up on my refrigerator just because I'm always in the kitchen, like first thing in the morning to like turn on my pot of coffee. But I see that and it's just a reminder because, you know, depending on how, you know, how you feel when you wake up, it's nice to see the reminder. It's nice to see those, you know, the those things that you have listed out that are important to you. And it, it acts as a constant reminder for you to continue to do those things. Um, oh, for sure. And it gets back to the point of, well, the cognitive behavioral therapy thing that when you say make a list it, to me, that, that says that you're trying to be aware of, you're trying to use a technique to be aware of what you're actually doing. And when you when you describe like being on social media first thing in the morning and all that that I think most of us are sort of half asleep through our days just kind of on autopilot doing these behaviors that aren't productive and aren't helpful and so the idea of making a list is to start to bring some awareness to what your routines really are exactly and and everybody is more or less able to do that, to, to start saying like, this is specifically what I'm planning to do. And uh, that level of awareness, you know, you can develop that to be the same kind of thing with your thoughts. Like, I'm not going to indulge negative thoughts. I'm not going to think about like how sad I am today, things like that. But that idea of whatever technique it is, it could be making a list or anything, but somehow to become more aware in reality of the specific details of what you're doing and then being able to assess whether or not those behaviors are good or bad for your day. Right. And so for me, yeah, I do the same thing. I have this giant uh, poster board on, on my refrigerator and it has my list of activities in the morning and I used to try to use gamification apps like for habit development where they would give you points if you did this or that. Have you ever tried that? Uh, no, I haven't looked into that before. Well, there's a variety of apps because everybody has this problem of how can I establish better habits? And so some people try 
to make their routine a game. So it's like you're getting rewards and skills and experience points for your own life. And there are different kind of apps that will help you to do that. If, like we were talking about before, if the activities themselves don't really motivate you in and of themselves, if you need something extra to feel like you're winning. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But me, I've gotten to the point where, I mean, I started out with that because I was so in the beginning of, of trying to uh, manage my thoughts and be more positive and productive. I, I just couldn't make any kind of habits uh, stick because they didn't have any relevance to anything in my own life that I cared about. So I needed apps that would give me rewards for like saying I did my laundry and stuff like that as a kind of external stimulus to make these habits valuable. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I think um, the, the, the list, however you want to, you want to do it. Some people use their phones to, to put their, you know, on the notes or however they want to do it. I, I like being able to see it just because it's just a constant reminder. A buddy of mine, he, he writes with a dry erase marker on his, um, on his mirror to like, you know, take the trash out and all that, you know, jazz. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. So just so that, so that you can see that. Um, I think the, the one constant here is kind of being on schedule or, or being, you know, on a constant, you know, uh, organized sort of structure here. And I think a lot of people, especially in the United States, like, I mean, we, we, we grow up, we go to school. I mean, everything's sort of planned out for us. We have first period, second period, lunch, you know, everything's kind of systematic. And then we graduate from that. We get thrust into college. And then it's kind of like your own free will. You get a sense of freedom. And then people go off and they're not really on the, the, the I guess, so to speak, the straight and narrow. Like for myself, you know, I had this newfound, like, freedom that I would just do whatever I wanted. And, you know, the structure for me, like, um, I started doing intermittent fasting. I don't know if you're familiar with the diet. Yep. But that, just doing that, because I had to keep track of like the the times that I ate, made me kind of balance other things and areas in my life. So, you know, I lost 22 pounds from December till now, and I don't like that's a that's a big accomplishment for a lot of people and and a lot of you know people would be like oh you were hitting the gym four or five times a week I barely went to the gym like I did exercise but I wasn't like every week going four times a week like I would go maybe once or twice a week I'd get some activity going I like walking um and riding my bike as forms of activity but um intermittent fasting I mean if you don't know about that, I really advise people to kind of Google that. It's just, uh, it's just a schedule for you to eat. So, like, I can kind of eat whatever I want. You can't eat cheeseburgers and hot dogs all the time. But you can kind of, like, you know, um, I eat from the hours of, like, typically 12.30 or 1 o'clock to, um, like, 7 or 8 p.m. So I have a window of time that I can eat. And I'm not a person who likes eating breakfast in the morning. That's just me. Um, so it was kind of easy. The hard part is, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, from the hours of like 11 to 12 to 1, that's when you start to get hungry. And, 
you know, there's there's techniques like drinking water with lemon into it or drinking coffee without any sugar, but like adding cinnamon and honey to it um, are some techniques that I found online that, that kind of subside your hunger, subdue it, I guess. And um, it really helped. And I was really just trying to look for a way to lose weight because I was going on vacation um, to, to Costa Rica. And although I wasn't beach body ready, I mean, I feel so much better about myself that I was able to lose the weight that I packed on. And really, I haven't, you know, I, I, st- I stick on that schedule all the time. Like, you know, it helps with late night cravings and snacks. But that's one aspect of being kind of like on a schedule and um, having consistency. Though that's a win, right? For me, that kind of like carries off and carries over into into more stuff, you know, wanting to stay active and be active. Well, yeah. And that to me ties back into the idea of being deliberate about your thinking, like being aware of what you're actually doing. I still haven't brought that level of discipline to eating. I, I do really well with like meditating in the morning, writing in my journal, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know why I've just never been able to develop uh, good habits around eating. Yeah. And it was really hard for me too, because I, I was that kid who could just like eat a whole box of pizza to himself and like not even gain a pound. Yeah. I was, I was that way when I was young. Cause I was, you know, super skinny little guy. And yeah, uh, yeah I could eat whatever I wanted. Yeah. And I was this, you know, I was the same way up until about age 26 or 27 then like you know I'd, I'd eat and can keep eating and then i'm like well i'm getting this gut now you know <laughs> yeah but um yeah I, I guess maybe you can look into it um do some research it's, it's supposed to increase your cognitive behavior too it's supposed oh to- absolutely i mean it's, everybody knows i mean diet is going to be the the bedrock of how you feel uh it's just uh, in terms of uh, external successes, like with the make your bed, clean your house type thing, I'm able to do that pretty well. But yeah, the, I think everybody struggles with this diet thing. Yeah, I think the one thing for me that kind of was a light bulb was I, I like mechanics. You know, I like cars and engines and the way things run. And I was just able to be like, okay. I'm not going to have a car, right? Like, let's say I spent $60,000 on this BMW car. I'm not going to just throw whatever, like, oil and junk into my car because it's going to run like crap and eventually it's going to die. So, like, for me, I noticed that it's, it's, it's one and the same. Your body, what you put into it is what you get out. So, you know, just eating better and being, like, a little bit more consistent, it helped me. And then... Like right now, I'm 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 sober um, for a few months now, and like I'll get stressed out uh, about certain things, and I'll want to drink. You know, I like you know that's just like the first thing that you know that's just me. That's my mindset. Like, you know, whether I'm trying to celebrate something or whether I'm pissed about something, first thing that I go to is like I need to crack a beer or something. And for me. Instead of doing that, I, like you said, I, I, I think of or visualize myself. Am I going to appreciate the hangover tomorrow? Probably not. Um, and then I just hop on my bike and I go for a ride, you know, and by the time I'm 
a mile in, the last thing I want to do is drink or smoke a cigarette or anything like that. So, well, what you've described there is what I mean, that is, is the broad outline of cognitive behavioral therapy, where so you have this initial thought of like, oh, I'd like to have a beer. Like that, until you learn some techniques to become aware of your thoughts, you will just have the thought, oh, I want to go have a beer and then just go have a beer. You know, you're not really aware of it. You're just thinking it and you do it. And uh, that's why I say I had to become more deliberate about my thoughts. Like when I have a thought like that, I have to be I have to be aware that I'm thinking that and not just go along with it, not just do what the thought says, but to learn to evaluate the content of the thought and and say whether or not it's going to be beneficial for me. Yeah, and I'm not saying that you can't have a drink like that. No, yeah, you can, of course, go have a beer. But, you know, the point is what you were describing is that kind of reflexive, uh, unaware or, you know, unwoke kind of way of living, which is if, if this is what I want to do right now, I'm just going to go do that right now. And uh, if that's working for you, great, you can live that way. But for me, I have to pause and be aware of what my thoughts are because if i'm not then they will spiral into negativity pretty fast absolutely so um the uh the whole key on that is is staying consistent um and that that again that's something that i put on my list is like be active like i just have ride in exclamation points that yeah like ride my bike you know so i see it I know that if I go through my day and I haven't ridden my bike or I haven't done anything active, then, you know, I, I want to become successful at that. So I just do it anyway. There's some people that like working out in the morning and there's people that work out better during lunch or after work. Um, find a way to stay consistent, even if it's like walking instead of taking the bus or like instead of taking a cab um, from the train station to here, like just doing some sort of physical exercise, you will feel a sense of accomplishment and that'll be a small win in your book for that day. And I think that if you can continue to do that and kind of live your life that way, that it, it'll become a little bit better. But I kind of wanted to switch gears um, and talk about um, uh, uh, something that, I've struggled to do, and I think a lot of people struggle to do, and, and it, it's in terms of um, changing your surroundings and understanding that uh, some good quality habits they may, like they may change what you consider normal, right? Oh, for sure. The, the normality of your life. Well, you know having friends at the bar that you frequent or, you know, being around someone who's negative all the time has a, has a um, adverse effect on how you are. So um, maybe uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can change your surroundings. Um, I think changing your personal surroundings, like your relationships with some of the people that you're with, and then talking about maybe your business, like um, changing your surrounding in the workplace or also geographical, changing your scenery, maybe going on a trip or maybe moving to a new state or uh, do you have any sort of insight? Let's start with the first one on, on personal, changing your surroundings personally. 
that oh, that that's a huge one because, uh, I mean, the the main criticism I've heard of moving or those those kind of big life changes is, you know, no matter where you go, you end up there with yourself. And so if you're if you're stuck in these kind of patterns of developing relationships that are harmful for you and stuff like that, it, moving in and of itself is not going to change that. You're just going to replicate it the next place you go. So uh, that, you know, that for me gets back to the routines and habits point in that uh, the biggest change you can make in terms of where you're at is the change uh, or the surroundings that you're in. So, you can take control of them and do things like make your bed and stuff. You're going to have to be that way. You're going to have to develop habits like that no matter where you are. Uh, and that's going to make the biggest change to your life, I think. Uh, but I agree, too. You have to get out of situations that have a lot of triggers to negativity for you. Like if, you're, if the work situation you have is constantly leading you down this path of anger or uh, depression, like, Oh, I'm failing at everything I do. Well, then you need to change that situation. That's for sure. But, uh, for the most part, uh, big changes have to happen, uh, internally. Don't you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, back to my point, like an idea is great, but an idea without a plan is just an idea, you know, putting, putting together a plan of action and then being, um, you know, uh, driven and also being consistent with, with that plan and believing that you can, that you can do that. Right. So some of the, you know, it's funny, like Elon Musk, like when he said he wanted to start building rockets, like his best friend said, you're crazy. You shouldn't do that. Right. Like so many times I've come up with ideas of business ventures and, um, I think I'm going to move here and it's always met with some form of negativity. I feel like from the people that are closest to you. Yeah. I think that because it's because of, um, out of selfish, they, they don't want to lose you or they don't want to see you fail or this, that, or the other. But if you're passionate about something, if you're truly passionate about something, I think that you should go for it, you know, and, um, with, if you're deciding on changing your life in any way, shape or form, whether it's with a relationship with somebody that may be um, detrimental to you, or uh, like you said, a, a workplace. If you if you don't feel valued at a workplace, if you're not uh, thriving there, then there's options, there's avenues, there's ways for you to get out of that situation. But I feel like a lot of times you're met with a certain sort of resistance. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, people. Yeah, people. We're all here together, and we get locked into these relationships and expectations. And it's hard to see somebody defect or to leave that behind. Like I felt, I found, I experienced that when I went to Oxford university, I think uh, when I was younger, it, the social circle I was in, I academically, I did better than anyone else. And I think that it, it strained my relationships because people uh, do tend to try to hold you back. Uh, like when one person is extraordinarily good at something, the other people around them can end up resenting that. So, and that drags you down. And it's, I think that's true with people who have drinking problems that I've known. Like, it, you know, we're, we're all at the bar, we're all having fun. And if you're at the bar and you don't want to drink that, it just, you stand out and somehow you get dragged into the situation of drinking when you know you shouldn't. But 
Yeah, so you have to, it's certainly true that you have to surround yourself uh, with people who are bringing out the best in you. Right. And, you know, I think it's on some quote on Instagram somewhere, been said a billion times, but you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, right? So Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with making uh, hard strategic choices about your relationships and surroundings and saying honestly to yourself, are these people and is this place uh, helping me? Yeah, and then, like, personally, for me, like, I... I'm from Chicago. I've lived there for 30 years, you know. Um, I haven't changed my surroundings. And, you know, over the last six months, I just abruptly changed my surrounding. People were like, oh, you're crazy. Like, there's, there's no work out there. I mean, I live like five hours away. But I feel more free now than ever before. I feel more controlled now than ever before. Um, I feel more creative. Uh, I have uh, just a, it's a clear... Uh, what is it? It's clarity for me that, you know, I made the decision to move just geographically um, to be with my girlfriend because, you know, that it was a relationship that I didn't want to strain through distance because it was something that I that I thoroughly enjoy. And I think we're good for each other. And I think, you know, a lot of people always met with so much resistance on that fact. And for the first couple of weeks, you know, it was like, oh, you know, they're expecting me to fail and come back. And as months and months go by, you start hearing less and less of those people. You don't, you know, it's, it's funny how that is. I, I think that can go with changing at a job. You know, if you can change up a job and you've built relationships within a company, let's say you've been there for a year or two or however long, and you're going to be met with some sort of resistance if you decide to leave that company. And I think you'll find out who is truly good for you in your life if they stick around. And then other people that are just kind of naysaying you to naysay. You know, I feel like everyone's got an opinion but nobody wants to kind of point the finger at themselves. Yeah, that, I mean, no, you're not, that's for sure true. And I don't know how to say it because you are touching on something that's very real. And it, it, people, people are uncomfortable when someone around them starts to make changes that are truly successful. I don't know how to describe that, but uh, you see it all the time in life. Like people will drag you down because they, it's just the nature of some types of friends, some types of relationships. They, if they're not doing well, they don't want you to do well either, even though nobody in the relationship would ever say that directly. And, and yeah, you, you end up uh, surrounded by people who are not beneficial for you or not helping you and not making your life better. And that gets back to the awareness point. You have to be able to pause and uh, really evaluate uh, the situation you're in. And it, it, people are, some people are able to do that very well. And they have a life trajectory that's just filled with wins. And like Elon Musk, someone who's just able to function at the highest level, surrounded by truly excellent people. And, you know, I'm glad that, that, there are examples of people like that who are able to just surround themselves with winners. And uh, you may or may not be able to do that. You know, you have to be honest with yourself. And if you're not able to do that, then I agree. Something like moving, uh, it'll, it'll be a springboard for developing a whole new uh, set of habits, a whole new set of people who this time around, when you're being more deliberate about it, you can make better choices about who you associate with. 
Right. And I know that just from my experience of knowing you, I know you've lived in a lot of different places. I think you've said, you mentioned you lived out of the country. And you- oh yeah. I lived, I lived in several different countries and, uh, you know, for me that, that those times go along with my depression because, uh, the, the difficulty I had in moving was I, because I'm like you, my parents got divorced when I was a little kid, uh, very small. And I was adopted when I was a little kid at the age of three. And so the biggest problem for me in moving around has been, uh, I already have a sort of broken sense of belonging. I have a hard time, uh, integrating socially with new groups of people. Uh, so moving around exacerbated my depression. It was, it wasn't necessarily good for me to just move to another country because I didn't know anybody. I didn't have any connection to anything. And that just brought out feelings of loneliness and isolation. But at the same time, I have to admit when I was younger and moving around a lot, I, I was not aware of, of these problems, these patterns in my thinking that were causing problems. Yeah. So, you know, moving in and of itself, I don't think is going to bring out the best in you, but, uh, moving can help you to, uh, change the relationships that you have that aren't really working in your life. Absolutely. I think that that's totally true. Um, only because I'm dealing with it currently, but I mean, I know so many, I mean, so many different people's names come to mind. Like, you know, a gentleman that I know, he moved just straight packed his stuff in his car and he was good at, you know, he worked in restaurants his whole life. Um, and he went to where that would be conducive to his success. So he went to Las Vegas with the set of talents that he had. And now he's like a concierge at the MGM or one of those large hotel casinos. And he makes a very good living. And this is a guy who was living in my basement, you know, rent free because he couldn't afford, um, you know, a place to live at the time. And he like made it in, uh, luckily we still keep in contact. We're still friends. I was one of the people that advocated for him to go, you know, like, cause like you said, if you're not happy with, within a situation, you're going to be probably saying, listen, here's the benefits. Here's the, here's the negatives. You, at least if you go try it, you have some place to come back to, you know, the sort of a thing. So he went out there, he changed his scenery. He, he, he I guess he changed his stars, so to speak, and he's become successful. And then there's other people that I know that, you know, didn't do so well and, and, and whatnot, but at least they took the chance. And I feel like everyone knows somebody in their life that has done something like that, that turned out to be successful. So I think it's kind of strange how so many people like they hate winter. Well, you know, like move to a warmer climate. Oh, it's not that easy. Well, you're right. It's going to take some risk, but there might be some reward out there. Like I know someone who moved out to San Diego. I just recently went out there and they couldn't be happier with the decision that they've made, you know? So I think geographical surroundings could, could play a big part, but you're right. You know, it's all about creating habits throughout, you know, the small successes that, that lead you to kind of think about changing, you know, your, your surroundings. And it may start. Well, as absurd as it may sound, that gets back to the point about make your bed when you first get up uh, that we started with, because, you know, the idea of changing your surroundings, it's really uh, the surround, the place you're in, the stuff you have, the people, you know, all of that is 
telling you something about your life. It encodes the true facts about where you're at in life. So when you wake up in the morning and you see a big pile of clothes and you haven't done laundry for three weeks and you just don't make your bed and stuff, that's where you are. That's this crazy world that's chaotic. And the world is showing that to you, but you may or may not be seeing it. And what you're talking about is uh, when you move to a new surrounding, you get to, <clears throat> when you move to new surroundings, you basically get a new clean room and you start over from there. And you can do that in your own life just by enacting or uh, inhabiting uh, these new habits, like make your bed, do your laundry. And that is changing your surroundings. You see what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so you don't necessarily have to take the huge step of moving to Las Vegas, although sometimes it is something as radical as that that you need to do. But that idea of changing your surroundings can happen in your actual day-to-day life by developing these routines that change what's around you. A good point. That's a really good point. And yeah. It, it makes sense, you know, just kind of changing and, and doing. And so I guess for um, the listener – um, and you know the the people that are out there, um, there there are some formulas to success. Um, it starts with becoming a creature of habit. Um, I know sometimes it's hard, but like getting back to the point, I mean, anything at first will be tough, but if you endure and you push through and you, you kind of make yourself see the the small wins and the successes as even you know as as trivial as they may sound that you can become the change that you want to see in your life, right? Or that you want to see in the world and the world that you're living in, that is your world, you know, um, you're, yeah, you built it. You made it for yourself. Exactly. So you made it for yourself. There's, there's, there are steps for you, um, out there. Um, do you have anything else to add? Cause I think we've covered a lot. No, it's uh, I, I'm really glad you're doing this. I can't wait to see who your next guest is going to be. And, uh, and I hope you're really successful with it. For sure. Listen, Thomas, I appreciate you, you coming here. Um, everyone out there, thank you for listening. Um, become the change. Be the change. Um, and there, there's always someone out there that, that has a, a different story and a different experience. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm going to be doing a video log series, too, of, uh, of my changes as they, as they progress. Well, thanks a lot, JP. Yep. Thanks, Thomas. Talk to you later. Bye.